I'm Jessica Denson, host of Lights On with Jessica Denson here on the Midas Touch Network, and I'm joined by Representative Gloria Johnson of the Tennessee Three. Representative Johnson, welcome back to Lights On. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a wild week and a half. <laughs> Tell me about it. I mean, you know, Gloria, we've been so consumed with the criminal dilemmas of the GOP frontrunner for president that we might have lost sight of what his fascist party is doing when they have power. I think that you are at the heart of it. Tennessee is really a microcosm of this extremism. And so I'm so grateful to have you back to shine a light on what's been going on in this special session in the Tennessee legislature. Absolutely. I mean, we really feel like we are the tip of the spear for, for what is happening in some of these red states where it's just the erosion of our democracy by supermajorities that are just bent on having complete and total power and control. And, you know, that would be fine if we were passing policy that helped Tennessee families, but we're not. We had this horrible shooting at Covenant School just a few miles down the road from our capital here in Nashville, and just three beautiful children were lost and, and three staff members, just absolutely tragic. And, and parents in the community, parents from that school who worked so hard this whole summer, they sacrificed their summers. They spent their whole summer talking to legislators, talking about actions we could take, talking about the actions they would like to see us take. And then we had the governor actually call a special section special session and act as if he were going to have something, some sort of extreme risk protection order um, that this session. And when he actually made the call for special session, it didn't include, include anything that could prevent gun violence. There were no gun sense laws allowed whatsoever. All they doubled down, they doubled down on policies we already have, just spending more money on them, that clearly have been shown by data and research that these types of policies do not work. But what we know is that things like safe storage and uh, red flag laws can curb gun violence. It's not the end-all be-all solution, but it definitely can help stop this violence, as well as universal background checks. In Tennessee, you can buy an assault weapon online and go pick it up in a parking lot with no permits. And so we have the highest number of um, guns stolen from cars in Tennessee. And so we've got all these people that are getting guns illegally. We are not allowed to punish people for not storing their guns when someone gets them and uses them in a crime or not reporting them stolen. So all the things that we could possibly do to make sure that guns don't get in the hands of dangerous people, they refused to address. They betrayed 80% of Tennessee families who wanted to see real gun sense legislation because Gun violence is the number one killer of our children. And in Tennessee, gun violence, um, taking the lives of children's, children at a 36% higher rate than the national average. We are allowing our kids to die in our communities 
to be unsafe. And we don't have to live like this. We have solutions. They refuse to look at them because they're listening to the NRA and the Tennessee Firearms Association. As you described, uh, Gloria, the super majority of Republicans is ignoring the super majority of Tennesseans. Yes. And it, this, um, you know, we saw it play out in so many horrific ways. I kind of want to do a little bit of, you know, I want to start off with the moment that you just wrapped your special session with, which is kind of, um, you know, a disgusting highlight of how this entire process was treated. And I'm going to go through all of that with you, both how the, the families of Covenant and activists were treated, how you and your colleagues of the Tennessee Three were treated. Um, it's just absolutely egregious and fascist. And I just want to play a clip of how that session ended with Representative Pearson um, being nearly assaulted by your speaker, Cameron Sexton. Can we play that clip? So that is how your session ended today. Um, take us back to how it started. I know that last week when the special ses session was called, as you described, Governor Lee bowed to pressure to call this special session, but your supermajority, Republican supermajority, rejected having any serious conversation about gun reform. It merged into this, you know, quasi conversation about quote unquote public safety. But those activists <laughs> dedicated their summers, like you said, they were not even allowed initially to bring in eight by 10 signs in it into the chamber is that is that isn't that right yeah the the speaker made a rule we've we've had a rule that you can't bring in signs at larger than eight and a half by 11 basically the size of a piece of notebook paper and the parents you know the people that come in write their message what they care about they write it on the sign been able to hold those up in committee um and the speaker decided in the House rules this time, not only um, could could people not lift their signs up or have signs in committees, um, but the reality was, too, we had Proud Boys that first day of session there. We had people armed with multiple guns, and we, um, talking to staff and, and how we patrolled at work here, there were dozens of guns. We allow guns in the legislative building, not the Capitol, but there are guns allowed. You don't have to have a carry permit or anything. You can just carry your guns into uh, the Cordell Hull, Hull building where all of our offices are and where our committee rooms are. So you could have a gun in the committee room, but you couldn't have an eight and a half by 11 sign. And then luckily, the courts here said that's unconstitutional and ruled it out. Remarkably, the speaker decided to use taxpayer money to challenge that and make an appeal. He made an appeal to the courts. And guess what? The court said, no, you're not allowed to take away the First Amendment rights of these Tennesseans. So at least they were allowed to bring in their signs. However, also in the rules that they passed just for special session, all kinds of minuscule, um, basically threats to speech on the House floor. If you do this, you're going to, I feel like as a teacher, I feel like if you do this, you're going to get a demerit. If you do this, <laughs> you get another demerit. 
And, you know, if you're, if you're out of order once, then this happens. If you're out of order twice, you don't get to speak for the rest of the day. If you're out of order three times, you don't get to speak for three days or six days or however many days it was. I literally felt like a third grade teacher made the rules. And, um, you know, in courts, you see a judge say out of order or you, say, you hear an objection. And all that does is tells the person, get back on track, you know, uh, get back where you're supposed to be. There's no penalties in any um, in any legislative body, to my knowledge, that if you, you know, for every extra one you get, you lose more days of being able to speak on the floor. I mean, that's just absolutely outrageous. We are adults, or we should be adults. And to limit what people can say, and then when you're called out of order, most of the time, that's just not the case. I mean, we literally had a bill in my criminal justice committee that talked about, um, it was all about punishing juveniles. It had nothing to do with public safety or anything. It was all about trying, they wanted a bill to try, automatically try juveniles as adults. And, and this is something that they desperately wanted to pass during the session, but it had nothing to do with the session. And, um, one of their members said, oh, well, you didn't, you, you know, you've been talking about this and you haven't mentioned victims. I can't mention victim. The word victim was not in the bill. And if I had said the word victim, I would have been called out of order. That's how they're treating Democrats, though other members can do the exact same thing. Because just yesterday or last night, Representative Jones was called out of order because he wasn't on the bill. But if you go back to the tapes, he was absolutely on the bill. But because he had been called out of order twice, they took a vote to silence him for the rest of the night. And they knew, they knew he was going to make a motion to call for a vote of no confidence on the speaker because he delivered a paper to every representative that day showing the reasons why he was going to make a call for a vote of no confidence on the speaker. And lo and behold, he got silenced that night because apparently he had two infractions of being out of order. However, there was also a Republican member, Representative Gino Bolso, who also got out, called out of order twice. They did not have a vote to silence him for the rest of the day. This is what quashing dissent looks like, just so people can recognize the signs. This is one of the foundational tenets of fascism and authoritarianism is in silencing the opposition. Um, in your state, what is what is so outrageous, like you said, is that it is the majority of the people of your state who want these these issues to be heard. Um, and thank God, Gloria, thank God that the people are showing up and, and we have this opportunity to shine this light because I think the people of Tennessee really have an opportunity in this moment to change course and realize who's representing their interests and who is not, don't they? Oh, absolutely. You know, I spent so much time with a lot of the covenant mo moms the last week, week and a half. And it's been so heartbreaking to, you know, I've been crying with them and talking with them and telling them how to organize because, you know, they'll, they'll tell you, we spent our whole summer talking to these legislators, trying to get them to listen. 
I don't understand. Why won't they listen to us? You know, and, and just today, wow, I just can't explain the feeling to them of just utter loss because they worked so hard and they really believed that, that this legislature was going to try to do something. There were members on the other side of the aisle that they thought were being honest with them and they were just betrayed and they were lied to. And let me tell you something, those women are strong. They're, they're not withering flowers and they're coming back and they're planning on challenging some of these Republicans. But they, it was such a horrible feeling of loss for them after giving up their summer. Some of them gave up their jobs to work only on this this summer. Some of them gave up their vacations with their family to work only on this this summer. And, and, and the Tennessee legislature gave them literally nothing, nothing. Yeah, and I, I hope we can also look at this in the context of 60th anniversary of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. I know that Justin Pearson, his some of his oratory has reminded me so much of Martin Luther King. Um, on, on this anniversary, we had this heinous racist attack in Jacksonville, another incident of gun violence. Um, and you have these two brilliant young black lawmakers who with you make up the Tennessee Three, um, being treated as you described with such a double standard. There is no, these are third grade, maybe made up by third graders, right? Rules, not actual right. um, genuine rules to keep things in order, just to in, in uh, fascist ways and in, I think, very overtly racist ways, silence Definitely. people who are representing the people of Tennessee. Oh, absolutely. They're threatened in elevators by the speaker and, and other members. You know, these lovely young men that have really grown to love, and I've known Justin Jones a lot longer than Justin Pearson, but deeply care about both of them. But to see the way that they're treated because of their color is, is just horrifying to me. It, it, it is just outrageous that people actually tell them they don't belong there. Or one particular senator who told Justin Jones that um, he wasn't worthy, you know, and he was, he was not worthy to be there. He shouldn't be there. Another member, Sapicki, said something like, I, I can't stand that he's walking these hallowed halls. Well, he was one of the bullies you saw in the video um, blocking out uh, Representative Pearson. And also, when I was trying to get off the floor, he and another Republican blocked me so I couldn't get out the doors. They're bullies, they're thugs, and they will do anything to keep their power, but they keep doubling down on things that all of America and all of Tennessee are seeing. I mean, those parents came out of there going, I can't believe this is the behavior in my state legislature. They were shocked. You know, they were, you know, not super tuned in. And that happens with, with a lot of people. They're busy. They're not super ten, tuned in to local politics. But by golly, they're tuned in now. And they have seen how it operates. And they are disgusted. 
Yeah. And, you know, you see the the worst case scenario of people literally being executed for the color of their skin in 2023. And they want to describe those things as lone wolf incidents. But I will tell you, Gloria, it, it trickles down from the top. It is the people at the top of this grand old party that has become an utter moral uh, rot that is enabling this hatred to infiltrate our society and and mainstreaming it, legitimizing it. It, it absolutely is. It's just remarkable to me. One of my colleagues across the aisle um, uh, over the weekend made a remark or joked about the fact that I sometimes use a scooter. You know, it's like making fun of someone's disability. I wonder where that came from. You know, we know the man at the top of the Republican Party started off his political career making fun of a disabled reporter. It's who they are. Pay attention. Before we wrap, I want to I want to get your um, story. I know you shared this on Twitter about a kind of sequestering, almost hostage situation that happened that today, I believe, that made you recall something that happened in 2019. Can you tell us about this? Yes, in 2019, um, we had uh, now disgraced, indicted Speaker Cassida, and he was the Speaker of the House. We were in a situation, I cannot remember, I think it, it was near the, it was end of, session, end of session, I think it might have been a budget vote, I'm not positive on the vote, but it was a vote that we definitely wanted to stop or delay and have some strategy on. So we were going to walk out across, uh, across the hallway to the lounge to kind of discuss how we were going to proceed with this vote. And a lot of their members had already left and gone home. They're like, I don't want to be anymore. They left and went home. We didn't leave to go home. We were leaving to go across the hall to meet with our caucus. And um, they decided they didn't want to let us leave the room. And so the speaker called security, called the THP to, to close the doors and lock us in the room. So they literally came in, several of them, including the speaker's own um, security guy, shoving us back through the doors as we were walking out, shoved us back through the doors, knocked down one of the um, sergeant at arms, I believe, if that's, I, I'm pretty sure how it was. I didn't fall over, but I fell back against a desk. And then um, they messed with the wrong members and those members pushed back and we actually did end up making it out those doors. They weren't able to lock us in but it's not legal to lock us in. Now, if like I went to my house or we all left and went somewhere, it's completely legal for the state troopers to bring us back. That's a fact. But we were walking out to go across the hall to meet really quickly before the vote. And they literally tried to lock us in the room and use security to shove us to do that. And that was just a big shock for me. I'm thinking, you know, nobody, this is not how you treat people on your job. I don't, it doesn't matter what your job is. You shouldn't be shoving people on your job. So the idea that we are sitting here or standing here in the state legislature and people are shoving us into a room to lock the door is pretty outrageous. So we went back in, we made that last vote and then they called for signy die and session was over. 
and everybody just kind of leaves. But I'm still sitting there going, I can't believe what just happened. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it and I'm trying to gather my thoughts and, you know, what, what, you know, what am I going to do? What does this feel like? And then the leader of the Republicans walks over to me and puts his hand out to shake my hand and, you know, say, well, you know, whatever you say, as we're all headed home, usually it's have a good summer, whatever. But I'm like, this guy's reaching his hand out to me to shake my hand after not an, less than an hour ago, they had shoved us out of, tried to shove us back into the room and lock us in. They never said a word about it. They didn't apologize. They didn't address the issue at all. And maybe it's as a teacher, you would never do that. You have to discuss and talk about, and somebody needs to fess up that they made a huge mistake. But no, they just walked away, never apologized, never addressed the issue after treating members that way. And I just really feel, I mean, I want the focus to be on these families and gun violence without a doubt. But I think we also have to show how bullying and violent they can be when they feel like their power is threatened. And that's a dangerous thing. 100%. Well, you have great power in in the movement that you have inspired along with your colleagues there in Tennessee. I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful we get to shine a light on how you are fighting back there. Representative Johnson, thanks again for joining me. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And as we promised those moms, you know, they said, just please, we're going to keep fighting. Will you all keep fighting? I said, we're not going away. Our whole caucus is here and we're going to be fighting with you and we're going to get this done. Absolutely. Everybody, please go and follow uh, Representative Johnson at Vote Gloria J on on Twitter or X as it's now known. Um, Definitely subscribe to Lights On with Jessica Denson wherever you get your audio podcasts and check out this video on YouTube. Um, It's so great to have people doing the work, fighting the good fight against fascism and authoritarianism like Representative Johnson. Until next time, see you here on Lights On. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.